0: Hello kinksters and welcome to Kinky Monster where we discuss all things kinky. This is the first show in my brand new channel where we'll discuss all aspects of kink and fetishes and who knows, in later episodes maybe we can even get people on here to talk about their kink and experiences. Anyway, I'm Simon, a Dom and a Daddy and today's topic is all about an intro to kink and to help you find your way in this lifestyle. Hopefully, I can impart some knowledge and some wisdom onto you all because, hey, let's face it, we've all got to start somewhere, haven't we? So, without further ado, if you're new to kink or not, grab a drink and get comfy for a spanking good time. So, you think you're kinky. That's great. You know, why not dabble in it a bit? Why not try it out? Why not look into it? Because at the end of the day, kink is good for the mind as well as the body. So, what is kink? Well, You've probably heard the term vanilla thrown around, vanilla just means kind of like bog standard, basic, run of the mill, something that everybody does, you know, so like vanilla sex is non kinky sex. What exactly is kink? Well, you know, some people define it as a set of pleasurable activities that people choose to do together that, in other contexts, are not pleasurable, or could be considered unusual, involving or given to unusual sexual behavior or non-sexual behavior. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, fine, it's somewhat correct, but to me, kink is more than just definitions and words and, you know, intellectual explanations. It's something that can be hard to define, yet quite easy to grasp once you start the journey. Now some people aren't kinky and that's fine but I'm guessing that you're curious about kink or you are kinky to some degree otherwise you wouldn't be here listening to me. What is kink? Well kink is very individual you know it means different things to people whether that be mentally or physically. Yes certain acts of kink you know, are the same, but how you perceive them, how you experience them are very individual and different. Ultimately, kink is what you make it. It's individual to you, and nobody can tell you otherwise. You know, nobody has the right to tell you how you enjoy kink and how you do kink. As long as you're doing it in a safe and consensual environment, great. Now, someone can't turn around and go, well, you're not a sub because you don't do x, y, and Z." I'm sorry, it doesn't work like that. Kink is very much tied in with, you know, physical, but also mental well-being and stimulation. So to me, kink is fluid. It's forever changing and evolving as we grow and as we explore. You know, our tastes change as we get older. So it's the same for kink, really, to a degree, you know. And plus, you're not a robot. Just because you like one kink today, doesn't mean you want to do that kink tomorrow. Kink is about exploring your sexual and non-sexual nature. It can be amazing for sexual and mental health. It can be liberating for the body and the soul. It can free your mind and it can be a wonderful experience. On the other hand, if kink is done incorrectly and unsafe or with somebody who may not know what they're doing or you don't trust them it can be a bad experience like anything in life really guys I mean at the end of the day it you just have to be sensible anyway I'm gonna stop here before I go down the whole philosophical rabbit hole and actually talk about kink itself so I've been into kink for about oh gosh uh must be over 15 years now probably coming up to 20 years, and I've learned a lot, and I've had a lot of experience, good and bad, and interesting. There's probably a few a few good stories I can go into, but we'll save that for another day. Anyway, what should kink be? Well, it should be safe, it should be sane, and it should be consensual. Um, let me break that down for you. So, to be safe, It means a lot, you know, you've got safety of your surroundings, knowing where you're going, feeling comfortable there, making sure that you know the person well enough that you are going to allow them to do certain kinks with you. And if not, tone it down or don't do those kinks. That's kind of like, you know, goes without saying, I guess, to some degree, but when you're caught up in the moment, people can go that a little bit further so knowing your surroundings and knowing the person all the people that you're with is you know paramount um another aspect of safety is sexual health some people use condoms some people don't personally i take a test every month even if i'm not going to be doing kink with people just for my peace of mind and if i do get to do kink with somebody i say hey Here's the latest STD test. I'm clean. They're free. Well, in the UK, they're free and they send them to your house. So why not do them? Another safety aspect is research. Research the kink or kinks. You need to know how to perform it. You need to know what to do to prevent things going wrong. You need to know what to do if things go wrong. And with some kinks, you shouldn't be doing them unless you've had like expert tuition like shibari suspension you know that's very important the other aspect of safety is build up slowly to it and enjoy the journey because ultimately if you go hell for leather to try and get to that end goal it might go wrong and you never know taking the time to explore that kink you might find other little kinks along the way because at the end of the day you're here to enjoy it you're not here to rush you know to the end goal this isn't a sprint and talking about safety measures, make sure you have things to hand that are necessary for the kinky you For example, if you were to do rope work, have a safety knife with you in case you have to cut someone free quickly. Or maybe do some knots that are quick release knots. Things like that will help you have a more pleasurable time and feel at ease and make the other person feel at ease. And talking about that, you should really go for safe words and safe actions. I've heard so many people saying, I don't need a safe word because of X, Y, and Z. Fine, if that's the way you roll, great, you know, but I don't. I'd rather have somebody that I know has got a safety word. Even if that word is no, no can be a safety word. It just means that you have to discuss that beforehand. And also safety actions. If they can't speak, they've got to be able to like tap your leg or do something to show you you need to stop what you're doing which is a nice segue to knowing somebody's limits understanding that you're placing you know someone's safety in your hands or vice versa and knowing someone's limits knowing their body knowing what they can take knowing how they feel on the day is so important and it's just integral to safety there probably are other things we can talk about in terms of safe and safety but let's move on to sane what do i mean by sane well sane is a state of mind you have to have a sane state of mind you have to have your wits about you don't be drunk don't be on drugs you know all of these things can dull or heighten your senses plus you know if you're on the receiving end of somebody that's drunk and they're trying to tie you down they, they don't know the force that they're doing it because they're absolutely blind drunk. So just don't do it. Just as important is don't take advantage of people. If you can see somebody in a vulnerable state of mind or shouldn't be doing kink, um, then don't do it. And it's the same with yourself. If you feel like you're not in a safe place or a good state of mind to do kink, don't do it. If you've got good communication and a great partner, then you should be able to say, no, sorry, I don't want to do that tonight or I can't come over today. It is so important to do kink in the right frame of mind for the right reasons. Don't use kink to cover up trauma. You know, you should always seek professional help if you need to address something within your life and then you can do kink to free your mind and have a better sexual experience which brings me on to my last point consensual all parties have agreed to partake in the kink a deep conversation has been had about what consent means to each other and also hard limits and soft limits it's a nice little segue to you know hard limits and soft limits what are hard limits and soft limits well basically a hard limit is something that you don't want to do, don't go there, never want to do it, and that's the end of it. A soft limit is something that you don't want to do now, but you might be open for discussion to do it later, have a soft or slow introduction to that kink, but it's still another limit which is to be respected. And that brings me on nicely to you know, what I believe are the foundations of a good dynamic. Um, what is a dynamic? A dynamic is basically what I consider um, any kind of kinky relationship you have with somebody, whether that be sexual or non-sexual or romantic, non-romantic whatever. So a good dynamic is built on communication, respect, a good bond and trust because you can't have a mean meaningful experience and a good dynamic without these otherwise you're just basically second guessing what people want you could be put in a vulnerable position or you could be abusing somebody with your power basically that they give you um good communication is key that goes both ways so Whoever you're with, you're talking about what they want. You're talking about what you want, their desires, their limits, their expectations. And that doesn't stop just on the day, you know, like, oh, okay, well, we spoke a month ago about this and you were cool with that, but now you're not. No, no, no. Communication is constant. It's a two-way street and it's every day, you know, just because you've done some kind of kink last week doesn't mean you're going to do the same one this week the person might not be up to it their body might be experiencing something that wouldn't allow them to do there's a hundred reasons so communication is key Um, the second thing is respect you have to have a mutual respect for each other otherwise you're basically abusing somebody you need to have respect for their desires their mind their you know physical well-being everything and the same back Just because you're a dom or you're a sub doesn't mean somebody has more respect than the other person. Now, in your dynamic, you might, well, you may set up something where you have certain protocols in place and all of that kind of jazz. That's fine. But overall, you're a human being and you deserve respect. And with respect comes trust and building a good bond. And you can only do that over time. So starting out slow, exploring each other's bodies, you know, doing some less harsh kinks, some less intense kinks will probably help. And as you grow together, or whoever you're with, you can ramp it up a bit. You know what your body can take. You know what you can basically do with the other person's body, so on and so forth. Now, you can't do this in every situation, I know, because, you know people are different they look for different things i know but to a certain limit i guess you should have a grasp of the desires of that person and have conversations around limits and not just a limit in terms of hard and soft limits but a limit is in what can their body take what can it not take and another good set of questions you should ask somebody and it goes both ways again not just for sub or a dom but everybody is any allergies any medical considerations any triggers so things like are you allergic to pvc are you allergic to x y and z can you take latex toys that that kind of thing and then with medical considerations well that's fairly obvious you can just ask them straight out because there's no good doing a fancy rope tie on somebody if you're going to hurt their back even more because they've got scoliosis you know so all of these things need to be considered especially when you're the one in charge now again triggers another big thing you know mental health in this day and age should not be hidden it should not be swept under the carpet it's part and parcel of society and it's just as important as any other illness so mental health is paramount So asking somebody about their triggers in a respectful way at the right time is good. You know, can I do this? Can I do that? You know, am I allowed to say a certain word or do a certain action? Or is it going to trigger something? So just be mindful of these things when you're getting into kink with somebody new. We've spoken a lot about, you know, respect, communication, trust, triggers, allergies, limits, etc, etc. And that's great. But you can do it in a fun way as well you know you can give somebody perhaps a list of kinks for them to tick off some people love that some people don't you know of course you have to discuss that i'm very much a list person i like doing spreadsheets i'll put it down as one of my kinks for for a joke um but i do love a good spreadsheet so just play with it and that brings me on to the basics of you know dominance and submission I know there's a lot of other roles out there and everything in between and would be here all week discussing it. And this is what the channel's for, basically, we will discuss it, but I'm, I'm kind of talking about the basics now of what is a dominant sub, what is dominance and submission. I can tell you what it should look like from my point of view um, and my experiences, and I can tell you what it shouldn't look like now. A DOM should always facilitate their submissive's needs. They should look after them, they should adore them, and they should protect them. Because ultimately, they're placing their life, their livelihood into your hands, their safety. Now, a good DOM will talk to their sub. They will find out what they want, what they don't want. Everything that we've spoken about in the last 15 minutes or so, if you've got that good foundation, then you've got a good way forward. Because otherwise, if you're not doing that, if you're just using this to, you know, for self-gratification, it's not going to get you anywhere in life. And you're ultimately being an abuser. You're abusing that person, not just their body and mind, but their trust. And that's a big no-no. And for the submissive, yeah, they may want to serve their dom, but ultimately they have a say. They have a voice too. They have a level of control. You should only control what the submissive is granting you to control within an agreed framework. And that changes daily, even by the hour. Just because you've done one thing last week doesn't mean you do it this week. And if you take time to talk to that person and get to know them, you'll know their body, you'll know how they're going to react to certain things. You know their moods, you know what they may or may not need. And that's the beauty of kink. It can bring you together with people not only sexually, but mentally as well. And that's the same for any kink you do, any role that you have. You may be a baby girl or baby boy. You may be a daddy, a dom, a sub, a slave, whatever. There's hundreds out there and we can talk about those another time. Now with submission comes subspace and subdrops. You may have heard these before. You may not. Not everybody experiences them, but it's something to be aware of go and look it up on the internet loads of information on it but essentially subspace is kind of like that trance-like state and that can be experienced in all forms of BDSM and kink typically described as a a feeling of floating or flying or you know maybe kind of like an outer body experience Um, it can be great but also if you're in charge you need to know the signs because it can be dangerous because let's say somebody you're spanking normally communicates with you and then you know the limit when they say well that's enough but then they go into subspace and they stop communicating and you're spanking them and spanking them and you're doing it harder and harder and that could be a problem because if they've stopped communicating you can end up hurting them and, and you don't want that so subspace isn't necessarily bad it's just something you have to be aware of as a sub and a dom and communicate with, with each other how it works how it impacts play and ultimately safety on the other hand a sub drop is something that happens well maybe an hour in two hours in three hours in just after play. it could happen anytime basically but it's a drop in the body's response to endorphins after a session or during a session And it's an emotional and or physical low. And to be honest with you, when that happens, you'll probably see the signs straight away. I've had it happen to a few subs before and they stop what they're doing or they start crying or they start shaking. And at that point, you have to stop what you're doing, scoop them up, give them a cuddle, make sure they're warm, talk to them and just comfort them. Whatever they need, you have to give that to them. And this is something you you can actually discuss before play because, you know, if they've experienced it before, then they'll say, oh, by the way, if we do X, Y and Z, I might go have a sub drop and I would like you to do this. So this is really important. It can be a bit scary when it happens and very emotional, but it can also bring you guys together, you know, in a deeper way because now you have that trust there with that person that they will look after you when they need you most something else to be mindful of is warming up and cooling down essentially i see kink as um kind of like an exercise you know when you go running you stretch out i'm not saying stretch out when you do kink you might look a bit odd doing that but yeah certainly do things like warming up so let's say you're doing a heavy spanking session don't do a 50 shades of gray and just whack the crap out of somebody that's not the way to go you know, you warm up slowly, you use your hand first and then go on to implements and then you go harder and harder. So just use that as like a a little mantra, if you will, for when you are doing other kinks, you know, always warm up to things on every session. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. And the same for a cooling down, you know, after you've done, I would say the main kink or whatever it is you're doing, cool down, you know spank them a bit softer maybe rub the area down a bit make sure they're okay um and through the whole of the session if you're in charge make sure that the person who has got access to water make sure that they're fully hydrated and they're comfortable don't do kink in a freezing cold room well not unless that's the kink but you get what i mean you know look after the person you're with and give them aftercare Now, it sounds like a basic concept, but you'll be surprised how many people I've spoken to over the years that have said, nobody's ever given me aftercare. That's crazy, right? You know, you do before care, you do the necessary arrangements, you set things up, you set the scene, you talk to people, you find out about the limits. So you should do aftercare. After a session, you should always talk about the session what went well, what didn't go well, what needs to change, how they feel, etc, etc. But also, you know, things like have a hot shower together or let them do that on their own, have a cuddle perhaps, get them some hot food, that kind of thing. It's all integral to kink itself and to building a better relationship and forming a good bond. And that doesn't have to be, you know, all romantic and lovey-dovey because not all kink is you don't do that all the time with somebody but it can be as well we haven't spoken about kinks themselves and i'm not going to get into that on this episode I'll, I'll do that on another one but i would like to talk about sexual kink and non-sexual kink it's a hot debate people have different aspects and different takes on it and that's fine because it ultimately whatever you think it is whatever it does for you That's what works. I basically think it's like this. Um, Sexual kinks are anything that arouses your mind, your body, and gives you sexual pleasure. It's fairly obvious what a sexual kink is. Non-sexual kink is things that you may want somebody to control, like telling you how to wear your hair, what clothes to wear in the morning, or... Something that might give you structure to your life. So somebody helping you exercise or doing that for yourself. You know, it's kind of like a form of control, I guess. And it can be sexual. It can be liberating and good for your mental health as long as you're doing it in a safe way. But it can also be non-sexual. And when I say non-sexual, I don't mean you don't get aroused mentally or physically from it i mean that you don't end up having an orgasm at the end of the day that's basically what i'm saying but it can be sexual in the sense that if somebody's controlling an element of your life or whatever it might be then it gives you a sense of pleasure and it does arouse you which is i know it blurs the lines a bit and it's kind of like edge play i guess If you don't know what edge play is edge play is where you do something to yourself or someone does something to you and as well when you're about to have an orgasm or come, they stop and then you might do that again and again and again so you're just edging yourself and some people do that over a day some people do that over hours some people I've done it for a week you know edge play for a whole week so you're pretty wound up and that in itself is a kink so you know non-sexual kinks can feed into that so it's kind of like a, an example of how those lines are blurred and how an individual's perspective on kink sexual or non-sexual or whatever it may be is very unique and you know is personal to them so ultimately a sexual kink is something that gets you off a non-sexual kink is something that also gets you off in a different way But maybe it's more mentally stimulating rather than mentally and physically stimulating. Which kind of brings me on to my next and probably final point is how kink can be freeing for your body and your mind, great for sexual health and for mental health. What do I mean by that? Well, my personal experience was I was pretty vanilla for about maybe up to 10 years of my adult life, maybe a bit less. And sex was boring. It was just the same old thing. Didn't really do much for me. And I didn't know why. Then I discovered kink. And oh my god, did it open my mind? Hell yes. And I think it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. So if you do kink and explore kink in the right way, it can be so freeing and so wonderful that your life will just completely change. Not only that, but I go to events, you meet new people, you make new friends, you share the same common interests, not just in kink, and you learn. We're always learning. If you ever find somebody that says, I'm a and I'm a master, and I know everything, walk away. They're an idiot you know, I never stop learning. I've been doing this for nearly 20 years now and I'm always learning. And you'll learn new things about yourself, about kink and about the people you're with. And it's, and it's wonderful. So yes, kink can be sexually liberating. And I encourage everybody to try a little bit of kink, you know, just to see what tickles your fancy, if anything. Now to talk about the mental aspect of kink, I think we can go into that quite deeply so I don't want to go into it too much on this episode and I'm nowhere near enough qualified to talk about mental health issues or kink and mental health. I am just giving you some advice and some knowledge from what I've experienced and what I feel and think and that is that kink can be amazing for mental health it can make you, you know, happy, it can bring you closer to people, it can help you experience things in a new light. But one word of advice is if you think you should use kink to mask past traumas or, you know, use it as a way to try and fix things, I wouldn't advise it. I would always seek professional help first, and then you can do kink to whatever ends and means you want because you shouldn't be putting the pressure on other people to help you get through any issues that you're dealing with or any past traumas you should always seek that professional first and then indulging kink till your heart's content to make yourself a better person and experience the wonders and the joy of sex and kink now i have spoken to people And, you know, they have done kink to take control over things that have happened in their life and to sort of wear it and own it and take charge. And that's great. But those people I've spoken to have sought the professional help first, have addressed those past traumas in their life. So kink can be a wonderful tool to have. A tool? Um, yeah I'm gonna go with it it can be a wonderful tool to have in life to experience you know sexual pleasure to enjoy different things and experience things in your body and your mind that you normally wouldn't do but it can also be very powerful and very destructive and I think we just need to be mindful of that anyway I've gone on for long enough hope you've enjoyed this episode not sure what i'll do in the next one i'll probably go into different kinks different roles hey maybe i'll do some things like red flags you know what to watch out for when someone's texting you over the phone or on a website such as FetLife. life um yeah you know those really weird and crude messages that people send that are totally inappropriate maybe i'll go for something like that we'll see anyway thank you very much for listening please do tune in again. I'll probably try and do this weekly. Um, I'm going to upload it to YouTube. So please do like and subscribe. I might look at some other platforms, maybe some sort of podcast platform. I don't know yet. Need to figure all that out. So stay safe, stay curious, and I'll see you lovely people again. Goodbye.